0: The Supreme Lord is pure spiritual form, transcendental to all material qualities. Yet, for the sake of the creation of the material world and its maintenance and annihilation, he accepts through his external energy the material modes of nature called goodness, passion and ignorance. The Supreme Lord is the master of the external energy manifested by the three material modes, namely, goodness, passion and ignorance, and, as master of this energy, he is ever unaffected by the influence of such bewildering energy. The living entities, the jivas, however, are affected by or susceptible to being influenced by such modes of material nature. That is the difference between the Lord and the living entities. The living entities are subjected by those qualities, although originally the living entities are qualitatively one with the Lord. In other words, the material modes of nature, being products of the energy of the Lord, are certainly connected with the Lord, but the connection is just like that between the master and the servants. The supreme Lord is the controller of the material energy, whereas the living entities who are entangled in the material world are neither masters nor controllers. Rather, they become subordinate to or control... By such energy. Factually, the Lord is eternally manifested by His internal potency or spiritual energy, just like the sun and its rays in the clear sky, but at times He creates the material energy, as the sun creates a cloud in the clear sky. As the sun is ever increasingly unaffected by a spot of cloud, so also the unlimited Lord is unaffected by the spot of material energy manifested at times in the unlimited span of the Lord's rays of Brahma Jyoti. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is being repeatedly stated and demonstrated in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Here, in this chapter, it's being demonstrated that He is the Supreme Personality of Godhead because He is the cause of all causes. He is the cause of everything in this material world, which isn't the greatest part of His glory, but as limited conditioned souls within this material world, uh, we can begin to understand the glory of the Supreme God by his relationship with this material world. Although actually, his glory is far greater than simply being the creator, maintainer, and destroyer of this material world. But having understood that, or having accepted that, then we can begin to understand his glories beyond his position in relationship to this material world, and understand his Glory of being Vaikunthanath, the Lord of the spiritual world, or Golokanath. Golok is also in the Vaikuntha sky, the spiritual sky, that is the topmost planet there. So here we are being informed about Lord Krishna's relationship with the material world. Although he doesn't have any direct relationship, he is nonetheless uh, non different from this material world in as much as it is produced. Of his energy and his energy is non different from him so we may ask that well if the material energy is everything is non different from the Lord well the material energy if that's also non different then that means he should be material that uh, things equal to each other or different things equal to each how does that go that's uh, if if a plus B equals C and a plus D equals C then B should also be equal to D, but that isn't wholly true in spiritual. It's true, but there's another. There's a further understanding that the supreme Lord is equal to everything and also uh, different. Everything is the same as God, but there is difference also. Mayata Tamidang sarvang jagadavyaktamurtina, matsthani sarva bhutani. That's tra- You know this verse? Was the translation? Mm. Mm. Still, everything is within me, everything, Krishna says, everything is within me, everything is manifested from me, everything is non different from me. Still, I am different from it. Difference and non difference. Just like in this material world, the son is considered non-different from the father. He represents the father. There's the English saying, a chip off the old block. If, an, if a son is just like his, is, looks just like his father or is in temperament just like his father, the English saying is a chip off the old block. And so this means that if you, take, if you have a block of wood and you take a chip from it, then it's the same quality. Exactly the same example. So, something the son is considered the same as the father because he's considered, because he has the same quality, they even have the same looks to a large extent, and he's supposed to represent this or, or have the same interest as the father. Although nowadays we see that it's, it's often not true, but it, that's generally considered like that. So, the father, in, in Vedic literature, the father is said to be non-different, the son is said to be non-different from the father. Therefore, if the father, when he, when he dies, the son inherits his property, he also inherits his debts, if any. Therefore, uh, a father who goes into debt, it's considered a very, a very irresponsible thing to go into debt, because that becomes a burden to his family. So anyway, we see even within this material world that certain things they are different from and non-different from each other. The sun's rays, here the example is given, Prabhupada has given the example of the sun's rays, they are considered not different from the sun, the sunlight. Sometimes we say, the sun is in this room. Close the window, the sun is coming in. So it's understood that we don't mean that the sun planet has entered the room. There wouldn't the room would be burned if the sun planet entered the room. But we say, or in the western countries, they say, open the window, let the sun in. Because in the western countries, the sunshine is generally welcomed. In England or, or Ireland, if, you, if, you, if the sun is shining, people usually want to open the window because it's cold and the sun heats up the room. But in India, if the sun is coming in the room, or even in some countries of Europe, in Spain in the summer, there are shutters to, to keep out the heat of the sun. It's too hot. But because the understanding is the sun is coming in. Here comes the sun. There's a famous song. Here comes the sun. Not that famous, someone said. Here comes the sun. That means the, the sun is rising. Or the sun is, the sunshine is coming. But it doesn't mean that, the, that actually the sun glow, but the sun light, because it's non different from the sun. So this is the science of the Absolute Truth, to be understood in detail. Very important points, which Prabhupada is explaining repeatedly in various ways, uh, how the living entities, the jivas, are the same as the Supreme Lord, yet different. That bell has not been put up as it should be. Um, How the the modes of material nature, how the whole material energy is non-different from and different from the Supreme Lord. This understanding helps us to, to understand the lit- Vedic literature. The Vedic literature has to be understood through a particular philosophical perspective. There are various philosophical perspectives which attempt to explain the Vedic literature. Kevalad Vetavad of Shankaracharya, Vetavad. Of Madhvachaya, dvaita dvaita that was uh, who is that? Vishnu. No, that's um, Nimbark. Then the uh, Shishta dvaita. There are many different philosophies. These are the main ones. There's also Veda dvait. That's that was long time before. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought Achintya Veda dvait. Veda dvait was given there, but it didn't describe the uh, Supreme Personality of God. Dvaita Advaita is similar. So many different philosophical theses which attempt to explain the whole gamut of Vedic knowledge because there are many apparently contradictory statements within the Vedic knowledge. Uh, within the Upanishads we have the Vedavakyas, Abedavakyas, some which describe the difference between the supreme and everything else, and others which describe the non-difference. So how to coordinate these, how to how to uh, bring them all together. That's why the different philosophers have given their different philosophical theses to try to explain everything. Shankaracharya, Kivala, Hrita, everything is all one. Which means that the beda he says, they are ultimately which describe difference, differences, he describes them as being ultimately not meaningful. He says they are vyavahara. For for practical life in this material world, we may have to see differences, but ultimately his thesis is Vemma Satyam Jagan Nitya. The absolute truth is reality and everything in this world is false. Therefore, the differences are false. Madhvacharya replied very strongly that the differences are real. There are real differences, and he categorized them. There are different differences between the Supreme Lord and the jivas. Difference between the Supreme Lord and the material energy. There's difference between the living beings and the material energy. There's difference between one living being and another living being. There's difference between one material object and another, and there are different kinds of differences. And there are differences, just like uh, uh, there are differences between one animal and another, or even if, even within uh, one species. They, they may be the same; they're all cows, but they're different cows. Then, within the cow, there's a difference between the cow's leg and the cow's tail. So, in this way, I mean, it's just what is an obvious thing, which even a child can understand. That a cow is different to a goat, but uh, For the sake of the foolish Mayavadis, Madhavacharya went to the trouble of categorizing, what are the differences? So here we are told that the material energy, the Supreme Lord, is transcendental to all material qualities, yet He accepts the material modes of nature, namely goodness, passion and ignorance. This is a problem for the Mayavadans, a philosophical problem, how the Absolute Truth is unchangeable, avikāra, is unchangeable, avyaya, never diminished. Yet the material world is subject to, everything within the material world is subject to change. There are six kinds of change. What are the six kinds of change? Six kinds of transformation, can you say? Shadavikāra. Birth or birth or coming to existence. Utpatti. Well, that means change. What are the changes? Hmm? Yeah, but after that, what is the growing, birth, growth, producing byproducts, remaining for some time, dwindling, and yes. So these are six kinds of change, although remaining for some time, that may be considered not a change, but it's a change in as much as it's different from the other stages. So these are six kinds of changes within the material world, but the, the Absolute Truth is described as avyaya, which means non-diminishing, or avikara, non-changing. So it's a problem for the... it's, it's a philosophical problem. For, the, for students of the Absolute Truth, as studied in the Vedas. Now how is it that the, the everything is produced of the Absolute Truth? Jannadhyasayataha. Everything is produced of the Absolute Truth and these are from the Vedanta Sutra, Jannadhyasayataha. Then, shakti, uh, shaktimata, vedaha, the energy and the energetic are non-different. So everything is produced of the Absolute Truth, the energy and the energetic are non-different, yet the Absolute Truth is described as uh, avikara, there's no change. Yet the material energy has shagvikara, six kinds of changes. So if the, if the energy is non-different from the energetic, how is it that there are changes within the energy, but there's no changes within the energetic? There appears to be some faulty. So some some philosophical thesis is required to explain this. Either either the Vedic literature is contradictory, it doesn't make sense, or some deeper understanding has to be come to. So Shankaracharya he comes to the conclusion his conclusion is that uh, that the material world actually it's it's false, it doesn't exist at all. It's brahma Satyam, only the Absolute Truth is real and therefore the, the apparent changes of the material world don't exist at all. But then, Shakti, shakti mata then how does, how does he explain that there is the, the Shakti-mata, the Shakti-matam, shakti Mam that means he has energy, there is energy so if you simply explain that it doesn't exist, it's simply an illusion, then what is the meaning of the Veda, Vedic statement that describes the material world? The Vedas describe in great detail the material world. In fact, that's mostly the subject of the Vedas. Shraigunya Vishayā Veda and mostly concerned with the, with the material world. The, so, how is it? The Shankaracharya simply is just an illusion and so on. doesn't really exist at all. Uh, it becomes difficult for him to explain this. Therefore, he, he says that well, actually Vyasa made some mistakes in his compilation of the Vedas. So then he, by saying this, he takes away all the credence of the Vedas and. Why study the Vedas? Why accept the Vedas at all? If you think Vyasa made a mistake, then, because he, it's very difficult to explain the Mayavad theory according to the Vedic knowledge, because that's not actually what it's meant to describe. So uh, he, he imposes his theory upon it, upon the Vedas, but then when it doesn't fit, he simply says, this, we don't accept this part of the Vedas, Vyasa made some mistake. Uh, And you'll find that many times the uh, followers of different theories, they reject certain parts of the Vedas as they're they're not bona fide or they're interpolations because it doesn't fit their theory. So really they're trying to make the Vedas fit their theory. But the the theory should explain the Vedic knowledge, not vice versa. Not that the Vedas should fit the theory, but the theory should fit the Vedas. So there are different uh, understandings of the Absolute truth. And actually, the Vaishnav theses, they all correctly explain the Vedas. If we say, Vishishtadvetavad, or Suddhadvetadvaj, these all explain the Vedas, they all explain the Vedic knowledge. They're all accepted as being correct. Sometimes we're asked that, well, is Ramanuja's theory wrong? No, it's not wrong. But it doesn't explain it, it's not wrong because it, it, it explains the actual point of the Vedic knowledge that the supreme absolute truth is Vishnu and the living beings are his eternal servants. He is eternally supreme, we are eternally his and So it gives correct knowledge of the relationship between the supreme jīva, jāra and Īśvara. That the jīva has no permanent relationship with the material world, the jiva is eternally the servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is eternally the master of the material energy and the jiva. So they give all these, all the Vaishnava theories propagated by the Vaishnava Acharyas. They are correct. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's explanation, Achintya veda Ved, Achintya veda Vedva, or tadva, that explains most... Correctly, or most thoroughly, that uh, he's he's given Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is given the understanding that everything is different from the Supreme Lord and non-different. Philosophically speaking, the non-difference is essential. If we're absolutely non-different from the Supreme Lord, then we don't have any relationship. Just like there's some theory of matter and antimatter. There is antimatter, according to some scientists. But uh, antimatter means it's of an entirely different property. There's a theory that there may be so many parallel universes within the same space that we are existing with, and then there may be a train going through our heads at the moment of antimatter, but we have no awareness of it because it's an entirely different kind of... Not exactly matter at all. So there's no relationship. We, we, there may be a train going through our heads, or or a, a hundred watt speaker blasting out some sound right next to us, but we can't hear it at all because it's of a different energy. There are such theories. So that, that would mean that there are two kinds, of, different different kinds of energies. But we we have no relation we have no cognizance of it because we have no relationship with it whatsoever. So if if we if there is no if we are absolutely different from God, then we don't have any relation. Where is the question of relationship? So difference is there, but not exclusive difference to the extent that there is no. Similarity whatsoever, there is non-difference, non-different in quality. Therefore, there is possible to have some kind of relationship. Just like we, see, just like for instance, this is a rough example. It, for marriage, there is matching of chance. You have to see if they have something in common, if if they if they have some if similar kind of interests, or 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 if they're natures can mix with each other, or sometimes uh, people say, well, I have nothing in common with that person. It means they can't establish any relationship because they have no, not, no interest in what the other is doing. So if you see that, well, the boy is religious-minded, the girl is religious-minded, the boy is not very much interested in making money the girl is also not very much interested. All and they're similar. You can put them together. But if the boy is religious-minded and the girl is not at all, and the boy is not interested in making money, but the the girl is interested in becoming rich and having lots of opulence, then it won't be a good match because they have nothing in common. So, if we are absolutely different from the Supreme Law, we don't have anything in common. His interest is different to our interest. Then, how is that... How is there going to be any relationship? So actually we are very similar with the Supreme Law in our pure position. When we become free of Sarvopadhi vinir muktam, tatparat vinir malam. When we become free from all mundane interests and designations, then uh, we develop our pure spiritual designation, our pure spiritual interests, by Rishi Keina, Rishi by engaging in the service of the Supreme Lord, which is our actual interest. That is the actual interest of the, of the living being. We take interest in what he is interested in. Our interest is subordinate to his interest. If we see, it's the winter, Krishna, he doesn't, he's not wearing a chada, so we, we like to wear a chada, feeling cold, so, well, Krishna should also... Now it's getting cold. It's time for him to wear. Well, if we see that Krishna likes to... Krishna is... in Everything is very clean and neat. And because we have the mode of service, we also like to keep clean and neat. Krishna dresses in a dhoti. So Krishna's servants in the spiritual world, they also dress like that. So we also prefer to dress like that. Because that's Krishna. He likes that. We wear tilak because Krishna likes us to wear tilak. We dovetail our interest with the interest of the Supreme Lord. This is uh, the mode of service, doing what He wants. So in that way there is oneness. So we cannot deny the oneness, oneness in interest, oneness in quality. But oneness in interest also means that recognition of the difference. Krishna's position is the Supreme Lord. So, if we are actually to become one with Him in interest, we have to recognize that. It's not possible to become one with Him by becoming... I will will also become the Supreme Lord. We cannot. But by becoming one in interest with Him, we understand that He is the Supreme Lord. I am His servant. So there's a difference. So oneness and difference. Just like husband and wife. The wife is called Ardangini. In English, it's called the better half, half of the body. They're considered, husband and wife are considered the same because they, they, their interest is supposed to be they're, they're, everything they do together. They plan, they, they, they live together in the same house, they share the same income. The work of the husband, the fruits of the work of the husband, mainly the paycheck, is shared with the wife and family. Uh, the wife, she keeps the home uh, very neat and clean, and the husband shares in that. So, they're one in interest. Together, they look after the children. So, one in interest. But it doesn't mean they're ex- exactly the same person or have the same role. They have a different role to play, although they're one in interest. So, the Supreme Lord is one with the material energy. Inasmuch it is produced from him, he oversees it. Not a blade of grass moves without his allowing, without his sanction. He is, uh, he enters into the material energy as the super soul, Mahamata Acha. He is the witness of everything and he allows Things to go on. Bharta, Bhukta, Maheshwaraha. He is the uh, husband or the master of the material energy. He is the enjoyer. Everything in the material energy is meant for his enjoyment. He is the supreme controller. Paramatma. He is the supreme living being within the universe. He is the super soul. This is his relationship with the material energy. Krishna recommends in the Bhagavad Gita that the transcendentalist should cultivate being like a lotus leaf which is in the water but not affected by it. In other words, we're in the material energy but not to be affected by it. Krishna is the perfect example of that. Krishna is within the material energy but it doesn't touch it. Just a few verses previously, I believe, in here, the Vilajjamana, what is that? Where does that verse come? Ah. ya statam amaham iti The illusory energy of the Lord cannot take precedence, being ashamed of her position. But those who are bewildered by her always talk nonsense, being absorbed in thoughts of it is mine, it is I and it is mine. So the Material energy, uh, Krishna is in, within the material energy, but the material energy is, is a little remote from Krishna. Vilajama, being a, somewhat ashamed of her position that she has to do such a, an unfortunate service. She's like the shadow of the Supreme Lord. Chaya, that verse is there, Brahma Samhita.
1: <speaking in Hebrew> Shishti Stiti
0: chayeva Praya Sadam Satira Chayev Chayevanani Vidvati Doga Itana Vupa Napyasya Cheshht Sah Govindavati Purushana Mahmoud Material Energy operates like the shadow of the Supreme Lord in the matter of creation, maintenance <laughs> and destruction. Uh, just like the shadow is under, under his desire she acts. The shadow is non-different from the supreme. The shadow energy is non-different from the supreme Lord, just like the shadow of a person is non-different. And as he moves, so as a person moves, so the shadow moves. So in the same way as Krishna gives direction, then the shadow material energy acts. So that's another example of how the shadow is non-different. The shadow is non-different from the object of which it is. A shadow. Uh, it is non-different in as much as it is produced of the shadow and resembles its form. At the same time, it's dependent upon the original form for its existence and it's, it is inferior in importance. So these are all examples. More our faith increases. Faith, an advancement is dependent upon faith. van jn hoy bhakti adhikari. Hmm. Uttam Madhyam, kamishta sadha anushari. Faith, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said. One, the qualification to be a devotee of Krishna is that one should have faith in Krishna. And one is classified as a topmost devotee, middle level devotee, or near fight devotee according to the development of one's faith. And that is practically demonstrated also that a topmost devotee or one who has full faith that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead will always act in such a way that is pleasing to Krishna. Whereas one who has less faith uh, or or is less convinced that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead will sometimes act. They are devotees, so such a person is a devotee, so he will also act for the pleasure of Krishna. But not always and not even though we acts in Krishna consciousness is not with full conviction and not therefore with full devotion. So one's faith, one's activities, philena parachiyate, how one acts. And therefore we have, in the morning we have this program of sadhana, hearing about Krishna, chanting about Krishna and hearing about Krishna, and to be convinced that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And that will reflect in our actions throughout the day Hare Krishna Is there any question? Hmm. Sometimes it is said that